Today on the Marketing Musician Podcast, we're talking about effective calls to action, and we've got some WordPress tools that really, seriously, take all the guesswork out of what your fans are doing on your website. It might seem like a lot to make it happen today, but give it all you got, and you just might find your way. Just make the music, and you can choose to tell the world just You're listening to the Marketing Musician Podcast at marketingmusician.com. All right, hello, you marketing maniacs. It is I, your smiling host. Jam and Dave Jackson, author of the book, Get Your Band, Get Your Band, Get Your Group, Get Your Posse Out of the Basement. Maybe I should rename it, update the book, Get Your Posse Out of the Basement. Do people still say posse? Did I just say something like a word that was like really hip about 12 years ago? Get your band out of the basement and keep them out of the asylum. And uh, that is available right over there at marketingmusician.com, you jive turkey. What other really bad old references can we throw in here? Remember when turkey was like the word of the week? Anyway, if you'd like to contact me, it's real easy. My email is dave at marketingmusician.com. You can call in your comments, 888-563-3228. You can click on the voicemail button over there on the website. That's always greatly appreciated. And uh, you can just leave a comment out at the blog, which, of course, is marketingmusician.com. And speaking of leaving comments, Allie Cunningham from the band Sarkood. You can find them at sarkood.com. She said, Dave, I enjoyed the podcast this week. I thought it was interesting that uh, exciting. We, this is where we we're talking about what people like to read on Twitter And she thought it was interesting that exciting, if you could put up your fingers right now and do the little quotation marks, exciting was at the bottom of the list for types of tweets people cared about on Twitter. She says, I think that really ties in with the old marketing rule of the fan caring about what's in it for me, which is true. Yes, you're playing a gig tonight. That may be very exciting for you, but why is that exciting for me, the reader? If you want to see what types of posts people care about, Check out Lady Gaga on Twitter. Yes, she has many followers. I forget how many, 20 million, I think I heard she has now. Something ridiculous. She says, but uh, she has many followers because people adore her music, but her tweets are also, her tweets are real, they're honest, they're funny, they're quirky, they're interesting, they're thought-provoking, and at times, inspiring. She says they make you feel something. She uh, endures, I'm sorry. She endeavors to take her fans along with her for the ride. I actually say that when I teach people how to podcasting over at the school of podcasting.com, that in general, your podcast should move people. It should make them laugh, cry, think, groan, educate, or entertain. But in something, if you reverse engineer what you watch or listen to, I think you'll find that it, it makes you laugh, cry, think, moan, uh, educate, or entertain. And if it doesn't, you typically don't watch it. And uh, you're right. The other great thing about Lady Gaga is she has learned this from uh, 
oh, I'll call it the Howard School, the Howard School, the Howard Stern School of Broadcasting. And that is you never know what that lady is going to be doing. And if you watch the uh, movie Private Parts, which is the story of Howard Stern, who's a famous DJ here in the United States. And they said the number one reason Howard's fans listen to him is, number one, you never know what he's going to say next. And the reason, the number one reason his enemies, the people that hated him, the number one reason they listened to him was uh, he didn't know what he was going to say. So it was kind of interesting that way. And uh, also got a, a note here. From Andy at Viral Gigs. You can find him at viralgigs.com. We're talking about taking credit cards at gigs, and we were talking about uh, Square and a couple of different options. And he says, I still like the CD Baby wireless option. <laughs> now, the, um, the <laughs> what he means by this is I believe this is one of those card swipers because he has a wireless. I think he means, uh, <laughs> he, he means, uh, the fact that it's a card swiper. So anyway, um, thanks again for everyone who's leaving comments out of the website. Deeply appreciate that. We've uh, got one more here. This is from Rich Palmer at richpalmer.com and audiogumshoe.com. He does a podcast and uh, he decided to use the uh, toll-free number. It's 888-563-3228 because, of course, he was in the car. He couldn't click on the voicemail button, which actually gives us a, a little cleaner audio, but uh Always glad to hear your voice on the podcast, and here is Rich. Hey, Dave. Rich Palmer here, and I'm hoping this comes through okay. I'm on a country road in Indiana with probably sketchy cell signal. was listening to your episode. You talk about Brian Hartsock's uh, comments on feedback from fans to artists through podcasting, and that was an excellent point. Uh, the angle I'm looking at is not only as a musician, but as a music podcaster, it's given me some insight in how to approach my show from now on. Um, I have always provided links and, and mentioned the links of artists on the show, uh, such as their Twitter link, their Facebook, uh, the MySpace links if they're still using that. And, you know, I always try to refer to those links, but I think a little call to action might be needed. I think from now on, I'm going to say in the show, it would be great if you would go to their Twitter account, send them a Twitter message that says, hey, I heard your music on Audio Gum Show, um, loved it, think it's great, want to know more, something to engage them, a little call to action. I thought that was a great point, such a small uh, thing that I could have easily passed up, but it was a great nugget of information. So once again, thanks for uh, your marketing musician show, my friend. And uh, hopefully get this whole message. This is Rich at AudioGumshoe.com and, of course, RichPalmer.com. See you, my friend. Thank you, Rich. We're actually going to be talking about calls to action today. And uh, want to um, – <clears throat> excuse me about that. I, uh, I've actually been getting over a cold. In fact, I'm still not officially healthy uh, yet, but uh, nothing worse than a podcaster who uh, gets a cough, loses his voice. I was really – on, uh, I've still been on the men for quite a while sometime, but do want to remind you, since we're here in the middle of the podcast, that, uh, if you don't have a, a website for your band, check out marketingmusician.com. And if you don't have any hosting, you have nothing for your band, please contact me because in some cases we can set this up where you can take my class on how to set up your band's website absolutely free. 
This will be great because I'm looking for people to go through the class. I've had a few people go through, got some great feedback, but I'm also looking to grow the testimonial list. So when people say, well, show me some bands who have actually taken this. What is your band? What are their website looks like? Looking to grow that. And I realize that some people go, look, I can't afford the, the price of the class. Well, if you don't have any hosting, you don't have anything yet for your your band, uh, contact me because we can work out a deal where when you order the hosting, I actually earn a small commission, which I then take the commission and put it towards the class. So in the end, you end up paying like $7 a month for the hosting and uh, you get the class thrown in for free. So if you're interested in that, again, email me, Dave at marketingmusician.com. And uh, also don't forget about my book, Get Your Band Out of the Basement and Keep Them Out of the Asylum. That's over there at marketingmusician.com. Hi, I'm Brian from Jester at jestermusic.com and whenever I need to find out all I need to know about marketing my music, I listen to Marketing Musician. Since we uh, were talking a little bit about calls to action, I actually uh, found this over at the FanBridge blog. Now, if you're not familiar with FanBridge, this is a great system. It used to be like an email list, but it really is more than that now. They really help you facilitate interacting with your audience. And uh, if you're interested in learning more about FanBridge, go over to marketingmusician.com forward slash FanBridge. That's just F-A-N-B-R-I-D-G-E. And uh, this is actually on their blog written by Corey. This was uh, says, uh, deep question time. Deep. It's time to get deep. What is the meaning of your email campaign? You know, what is the purpose of the planet, man? All right, we don't need to get that philosophical about it, but these are still important questions to ask yourself before you craft an email campaign. See, knowing the goal of your campaign is the first step in creating what are called effective call to actions. Now, if you want to sound like a cool marketing dude, that's a CTA. Because, of course, especially here in the States, we can't handle more than three words at a time. We have to break them into some sort of acronym, right? KFC, PBR, right? So a CTA is a call to action. Now, email is a crucial part of your marketing campaign and, and fan management strategy, but it's still just one part. What is the larger goal, you know, that we're really trying to, uh, to drive? We need to know that. If you're announcing an event, your goal may be to drive ticket sales or RSVPs. If you are sending an email, just to maintain engagement between projects, the goal could be to convert subscribers to other more casual engagement channels like Facebook or Twitter. Um, CTAs need to be individualized for each email so they not only fit your goals, but your tone and your branding. Now, a good CTA communicates a clear and a direct action. Uh, fans want to know what they're clicking on, where the link is taking them, and why they need to go there. And I can say that I'm going to chime in here a little bit from a educational standpoint. That's my background is in teaching. Adults need to know why, right? You can look at a little kid and go one plus one equals two. And they go, okay, you say that to an adult and they're going to go, why, why does one plus one equal two? So always throw in the why. So, it says, uh, let's say your goal was you want fans to click through to a landing page with pre-sale tickets for an event. A bad call to action is 
everybody's favorite two words. Click here. It's a bad call to action. A good call to action is see our site for more fan-only pre-sale information. That sounds intriguing, right? People, let's look at that. It, it Did it do what it's supposed to do? Uh, they want to know what they're clicking on. Okay, see our site for more fan-only pre-sale information. So I know I'm getting pre-sale information. Um, where the link is taking them. See our site. Got that done. And why do I need to go there? Well, why am I going there for pre-sale information? So the first call to action, which was just click here, doesn't explain what the information can be found uh, at the link site. The second call to action is clear about where the fan is going. And it's also an active voice and therefore sounds more commanding and powerful. So location is important for creating a, a really a strong call to action as well. Within your email, call to actions for primary goals should appear above the fold. Now, if you've never heard that phrase before, it's actually an old newspaper term. And it meant you wanted it on the front page of the newspaper where people didn't have to kind of unfold the paper to see it. It was above the fold. So for primary goals, the call to action should appear above the fold to drive traffic from readers who may not engage as thoroughly and avoid scrolling through the entire message. So, you know, when you look at an email, is it basically right there at the top? Now, here's a, another scenario. The goal of this one was to drive um, shares of your campaigns. Wait a minute. Drive shares of your campaigns to get friends of current fans to eventually sign up. So here's a bad call to action. Relying on one forward to a friend link at the bottom of your email. Here's a good call to action. Like our emails? Share them with a friend by clicking here. Now, you can put that in or after the first section of copy. Now, besides being both vague and impersonal, let's look at that first one again. Relying on one forward to a friend link at the bottom of your email. In other words, if you just have a forward this to a friend link, if you're just relying on that, it's it's kind of vague and impersonal. It's uh, It's placed in a location, meaning the bottom of the email, that most fans will glance over uh, even if they read the entire email. The second call to action is above the fold and will be seen immediately by fans who open the email. And the tone, which says, like our emails, share them with a friend by clicking here. That tone is warm and engaging. Now, finally, design plays a role in crafting powerful call to actions, right? Clever design will ensure that your CTA stand out from your other text. You don't need to be a graphic designer to be smart about your email campaigns and simple changes in font size and style will make your call to action uh, more clear and more noticeable. So um, it actually has a, uh, a picture here and uh, it says uh, this week we're introducing a new cocktail menu for brunch. Come in for um, a little hair of the dog with our master mixologist. This starts Saturday, March 10th. Uh, has the the date and time, and then it shows where they've bolded their call to action. That's all they did. They made it bold. Mention this email and get two for one cocktails from our new menu. So, um, just again, just a way to uh, make your CTA stand out. 
So it wraps up the article here saying creative, effective call to actions is easy with a little practice and experience. Be smart and think about what would make you click a link. You know, what would make you complete a task or visit another site um, and channel that into your ideas, into your email campaigns? Because it's easy to forget about the importance of being practical. So there you go. A couple little tips on creating a call to action and realize that, like he says, if you're firing up an email, you might want to ask yourself that. Why? Why am I firing up an email? What's the goal of this email? And then be sure to throw in that call to action. And again, just to review, a good call to action communicates a clear and direct action. Let's people know what they're clicking on, lets them know where they're going, and lets them know why they should go there. All right, next up, want to alert you. If you've ever wonder why aren't I getting more email subscribers, why am I not having people buy my stuff from iTunes? I've got the links right there on the front page. I've put things above the fold. Not sure why I'm not getting the action I want. If there was only a way that I could just watch my visitors and see what they're doing on my website, then I could figure out, do I have these buttons put in the right place? Are they confused when they come here with my navigation? If only I could just watch my visitors. Well, my friends, I saw this plugin. So one thing I like about helping people with their websites, I get to see what tools other people are using. When I saw this one, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And this does exactly that. It actually records when somebody comes to your website, it starts recording their visit. And you can actually go back and watch the video of somebody surfing your website. Now, this works. It's a WordPress plugin. So if you're not using WordPress, my first question would be, why not? I'm sorry. Uh, it's it's These are the types of things when I talk about taking my class and and seeing how you can build a website for free pretty much you know take the class wordpress is a free program all you end up doing is paying for the hosting and then you can add things like this to your website that forget about google analytics and wondering what people are doing at your website this lets you see exactly what they're doing at your website and when i originally saw this tool from the back end of one of my clients' websites, I was like, oh man, this is cool. I bet this cost you a pretty penny. And when I went over and I saw it was 47 bucks, one-time fee, 47 bucks, I was like, oh, when payday comes, this bad boy is getting added to my websites. Now, if you have more than one website, maybe you're a, uh, a record label, for $57, only $10 more, you can put it on three domain names. Now, if you're uh, in a situation where you have multiple domain names for 97 bucks. That's right. Less than a hundred bucks. You can have this on unlimited domain names and it's free lifetime updates. It really seems here's the only thing I don't like about this thing. It seems a little too good to be true. And you know what they say about that, but I will definitely be letting you know here in the future. If you want to check this out, it installs super easy. I've, I've, 
read some reviews on this. You can actually watch the uh, the demo. Go to firsttimevisitor.com. That's actually an old domain name of mine. And yes, that's an affiliate link, by the way, uh, just so you know. So if you if you want this plugin, please go to firsttimevisitor.com and uh, you can order this and that'll actually help support the show. But it's amazing. You get to watch people surf your website. So check it out, firsttimevisitor.com and you can actually see what people are doing at your website. And that is going to do it for this edition of the Marketing Musician Podcast. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Deeply, deeply, deeply appreciate that because I realize that you're busy, realize you got a lot of things to do, and uh, I would love to hear from you. I uh, want to thank uh, Allie, want to thank uh, Rich and everybody else that were uh, chiming in. Always great to hear from you. You can email me, Dave, at marketingmusician.com. You can call in your comments. It's 888-563-3228. You can click on the uh, voicemail button out at the website. If you're across the pond, if you got a microphone plugged in, if you're listening to this on an iPad, just click away and talk away and uh, we'll hear your smiling voice right here on the podcast or you can just leave a comment out at our blog which of course is marketingmusician.com don't forget if you don't have any kind of web presence if you don't have any hosting for your website maybe you're using some sort of GeoCity site please contact me we can actually get you for lack of a better phrase a real website that you control no more waiting for the web guy to make your updates you control your website and shouldn't you you are in control of your career and we're not talking about turning you into a geek that writes code hell no no this is just simply if you can manage microsoft word if you can add an attachment in an email you've got the skills to be your own webmaster and that's what marketingmusician.com we've got the class that'll show you how to do that so thank you so much for tuning in we will see you again in two weeks with another episode of the marketing musician podcast Until then, let me remind you that for those who have money, there is therapy. But for the rest of us, there is music. Hallelujah. Stay cool, everybody. We'll see you again real soon.